Welcome to the Lift Church Podcast. We believe that Jesus is the greatest lift in life. We are so glad you're here. And wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will give you a lift of encouragement through this message. I want to give a scripture to you that's really caught my attention in the book of Mark chapter 1. If you've got your Bible, go to Mark chapter 1. It's one of the Gospels. The Gospels just means it was written about the time Jesus was alive and walking on the earth. And in the first chapter of Mark 1, in other words, Mark is trying to introduce us to Jesus. This is why he's special. This is um, what makes him different. This is what makes him set apart. Mark decides in his first chapter to include this story about Jesus um, so early on in his writing because I think it identifies the power and strength of who he is. And so in verse 21, Mark writes this, Jesus and his companions went to the town of Capernaum, and when the Sabbath day came, in other words, the holy day, for us it, it's a Sunday, okay? So when, it's, when God's day came, Jesus went into church. <laughs> he went into the synagogue and began to teach. Why does church matter? Well, it mattered to Jesus, and he's the one who builds his church, okay? So that's just a side point that he went into the church, and he began to teach, and the people were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority and every preacher has aspired to be just like Jesus ever since come on and it was quite unlike the other teachers of the religious law suddenly a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit cried out why are you interfering with us I don't really think this is the man speaking as much as an evil possession inside the man. We'll, we'll talk about this today as we talk about demons, do they exist, and what power do they have. We'll, we'll find out that it's not the man, but it's the principality or the power that can be sometimes behind a man or a movement or a person. And the spirit cried out, why are you interfering with us? Jesus of Nazareth, have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. Oh, come on, God. If only the, the church and the people just listening in would know who you are like the demons know who you are. Oh, we will be an unstoppable force. For I know who you are. You are the Holy One of God. But Jesus reprimanded him. Be quiet. That just gave me permission in my parenting skills. Anytime um, um, a spirit of opposition comes up, I'm just going to say, be quiet. <laughs> Can I stay up an extra 30 minutes? Be quiet. <laughs> uh, I'm going to try this new authority, right? With, be quiet. Come out of the man he ordered. And at that, the evil spirit screamed, threw the man into a convulsion, and then came out of him amazement gripped the audience and they began to discuss what had happened what sort of new teaching is this they asked excitedly it has such authority that even evil spirits obey jesus's commands come on um the last few weeks we've been in a series called human and i think it, it, it's quite crazy that three comprehensive things collide big ideas collide in 
your flesh. In a human being, number one, we know that we are broken. Humanity is broken. Ever since the first fall of Adam and Eve, humanity has been broken. We know that because when we say, I'm only human, we don't mean I'm only perfect. We mean, I'm a screw up too. I make mistakes too. I make, I, I, I have faults as well. And so, it, number one, we're broken. Number two, Satan has a targeted attack against humans and and I've, I've unpacked previously why he does and so go back in our podcast or check out our YouTube if you missed that I encourage you to check it out and share it with somebody I believe it'll be a blessing and we'll talk more today about the attacks of Satan but finally the one that conquers them all is that God has an unquenchable love for humans it's unlike anything else in his creation that he loves unceasingly humans. And so we're, we're talking about that. Um, and as we ask this question today, do demons exist? And if they do, what power do they have? Would you pray with me? God, I pray right now that we would, as C.S. Lewis says, not have an overindulgence of attention on demons, but not have an underindulgence of demons. That, Father, we would understand what we war against, and, Father, take our rightful place in who you've called us to be and the power and authority you've given us. That today, devils will be conquered in the name of Jesus. It's going to make a difference on earth, and it's going to make a difference in heaven. And someone who agrees with me can say... Amen. Really, a lot of this series, and especially this message, came out of a conversation that I had with one of our regular members at Lift Church. She's a mental health worker with people, um, especially of an adolescent age, and one particular week, she was more defeated than most, and she shared with me, Pastor Drew, I'm mad at God. And I said, okay, explain go on I, I'm not I'm not going to judge you for that and 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 so she she said I'm mad at God because in my workings today with adolescent kids um this past week I've had five suicidal attempts with the clients I'm working with and I'm mad at God that Something more powerful wouldn't happen. Something more of a breakthrough wouldn't happen. I'm feeling defeated. I'm feeling let down. I'm feeling disappointed. I'm feeling like hope is dissipating. And I said this. I said, um, I, I totally get what you're saying, and I feel for you. And I'm so glad that God put you in a place that you could intercede for those young people so that they none of the five were successful. Many of them received help before even attempting. And so I'm so grateful God put you in that place. But can I offer you a different way to look at this? I don't really believe you're mad at God. This makes me mad even more at Satan. It makes me even angrier at sin because a lot of us play with sin. I used to be the greatest guilty person in the room who would play with sin and toy with sin and think as long as I do enough good works to kind of balance out the scale, no big deal. But sin has ramifications. Sin has consequences. And whether you committed sin or not, Adam and Eve committed sin that let sin into the world and those are breaking the world we live in at exponential rates the more and more we go I don't think you're angry with God 
I think this is an opportunity to become angrier with Satan and his demons and his legions who tried to plague on the minds of people. And we got to do something about it. And, and this message came out of that. And, you know, she reported back, you know what, what you shared changed everything and the very next week she was able to just usher so much hope and she felt like she was winning against the opposition next week and changing some clients lives and i love that see i believe when it comes to demons and i believe when it comes to devils we have one of two categories in here you can be someone who's had interactions in this area. There are people in our church who have had some very real demonic activity show up in their lives or their families. And so you know exactly what I'm talking about. And you're almost breathing a sigh of, I'm glad we're talking about this because some people need to know what we are fighting. Others of us have heard so many humans blame everything on the devil that we've almost become numb to the idea that there are devils and there are demons interacting. Or we have chalked it up to a Hollywood uh, style of a horror flick that that can't truly be real, yet something in our spiritual nature says, God help me, I hope I never <laughs> encounter something like that. We wonder, if I did, would I have the strength to be standing on my own two feet? Well, I think in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, if you want to turn there, there's going to be a powerful message as the Apostle Paul says in verse, um, he, he, he's rattling off ways to live right. And in the midst of saying how to live right, he nestles a powerful truth right in the middle of how to live right. And he says this in verse 26. He says, don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. Catch this. Anger gives a foothold. In other words, an allowance to the devil to have some interactions and greater authority and influence in our life. He finishes it in verse 30 by saying... Do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. So I'm reading two things in that small portion of Ephesians 4. You can run God off with the way you live, and you can, you can invite devils into your life with the way you live. Did you know that? Did you know your lifestyle gives permission how much authority the devil has to mess and toy with you? It's, it's something God allows. A foothold is like, it reminds me of a mountain climber. If I'm scaling a mountain and trying to get to the peak, I'm going to need a few footholds. Um, I've taken a few youth to, to uh, camps to know I'm no good at climbing mountains, okay? I'll zip line all day long, but sometimes the, the camp owners think it's all creative to go, um, if you'd like the zip line, you can um, uh, have a double pleasure by scaling this mountain, and then when you're up there, we'll hook you up, and then you can zip on down. For all of you losers who can't scale the mountain, here's a ladder that you can climb. And I'm just like, I'm going to take the ladder. I just, just don't want anybody to feel a low opinion of yourself. So I'll take the ladder to show anyone who might not be able to scale a mountain or a rock wall, <laughs> come on, that that's okay to do too. 
because rock walls get me every time. But here's one thing I know to be true, having done a number of rock walls, succeeding a few times. I ain't mentioning how many times I did not succeed. Okay, one thing I found is you get in trouble scaling a mountain when you can't find a foothold. You get yourself halfway up there and you're like, how in the world am I going to do this now? Now, there's certain people who could just go, that's okay, I'll just do a chin-up, and, <laughs> and they're at the next level. When it comes to the devil, who, by the way, wants to scale to the peak of your life, he wants to scale to the summit of influence in your life, do not give the devil a, here's a foothold. You can step right here in this area of my life. And have any sort of authority in this sort of area. For I am giving you permission to go up higher. I am giving you permission to take more ground. Do not give him a foothold. The Greek term of foothold means topos. Which means any portion or get this. Marked off space. An inhabited place. It reminds me of a crime scene where uh, police might go ahead and get that yellow tape out and they mark off a space and they say, this space is reserved for special authorities to have their way and to do the work that they do. I wonder if when we think sin, which is pleasing for a moment, and we think I'll just ask for repentance tomorrow, I wonder if we don't realize that for the evening we are going ahead and roping off space in our life and saying, devil, I give you permission to come in and plague me with this. I give you permission to tease me. I give you permission to threaten me. I give you space to inhabit in my life where you can run amok. And anxiety and fear begins to go up. It's like this. It's like, have you ever gone into a haunted house before? I've not gone in years. I went before I gave my life to Jesus Christ because all the high schoolers were doing it. And anyone who was cool was doing it. So I remember I lived down in Louisiana. And there was the haunted of haunted houses. And um, I stood in line. And the whole time I stood in line, I'm like, what in the world am I doing? Because I don't know what I'm going to encounter. What you are doing is buying a ticket to say, scare the crap out of me anytime you want to, as often as you want to, however you want to, as long as I'm in the house. When we sin, we too are roping off space to say, I sign up that whenever you want to, demons or devils, I give you permission. I give you authority to run amok in my life. Scare the crap out of me. Come on. <laughs> just, just make fear go up for the thrill of it. And it's not so thrilling when it shows up at times we don't want it to show up. It's not like the haunted house that we could say, I'm going to leave this building <laughs> so that people don't have permission to scare me anymore. I've already roped off space that the devil says, this is mine. You gave me permission when you got sexually promiscuous, when you started looking for other spiritual experiences, when you started leaning into um, sin, you are giving permission. Hey, rope off this space in my life. Hey, with my finances, just run amok. It'll be awesome if you'll just drain it all. Come on. Like, we got to realize that this is not an area to be toyed with or taken lightly or written off to. That's Hollywood because it's real life. Mark found it so important that he said, let me tell you also what Jesus did. First chapter, he ran devils off. He ran demons 
out of people's lives. And we, too, need to be aware of that. You think, it can't be that bad, right, Pastor Drew? What kinds of things could Satan and his devils do? Well, here's a list from Scripture of activities that the demons did in the Bible. You might want to take a screenshot of that because I could give you a Scripture for each and every single one. They oppose people. They pervert people. They hold people captive. They blind the minds of, they sow weeds, or some of you might have heard, they sow tares into your fields. They seduce people, they trouble people, they oppress people, they vex people, they bind people, they deceive, they possess, they torment they hinder and they resist. Now, before they take this screen off, let me just say, some of those are internal works. They happen inside the body, for example, possession. A lot of those are external works where there might not be a demon inside me. There is a demon. I don't know if he's lit up well enough to do this, and I hope you'll give me permission to do this, Todd. But there is a, a level of just be giving access to go, hey, Todd, hey, Todd, hey, Todd, hey, Todd, hey, Todd, hey, Todd, hey, 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 Todd, hey, Todd, hey, Todd, Todd. Hey, think about what I'm trying to tell you to think about. You remember this? You remember that? Hey, Todd, Todd, Todd. And have you ever been annoyed by someone where you're just like, get off me, bro? Mothers know what I'm talking about when they're like, if you say my name one more time, you're going to find another mother. <laughs> Stop saying my name. It's maybe cute or it's maybe frustrating when it's another human being. It's annoying. It's all give out, get out. When the devil's trying to say, you remember that picture you saw? You remember that picture you saw? You remember that? You remember, you remember when you screwed up? You remember when you screwed up? You always be a screw up. You remember that? You remember, and, and, and it's a vexing. It's a tormenting. It's a condemning spirit. And many of us don't suffer from possessive internal spirits. Some would say, if I'm a Christian, can I be possessed by the devil? And my answer would be, no, not if you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, but you can still be vexed by a spirit. You can still be tormented by a spirit. Anybody ever suffered from great doubt, insecurity, the, the taking away of confidence right when you know you're about to step into your called place? You can't do that. You're going to screw it all up. you mess up. Why don't you sit down? Be quiet. Don't do very much. These are devils that we need to learn how to win in the name of Jesus Christ so that Jesus can take ground. If you're with me, give God a celebration of praise right now. Come on. Because while that list is super concerning, Jesus has overcome every single one of them and given us the authority to overcome it as well. Once, after casting out a demon, the people in Jesus' life came to him and said, the reason you cast out demons is because you're from the kingdom of darkness too. And Jesus said, why if I'm from the kingdom of darkness, would I um, exile one of my own? For the kingdom of darkness is united. I think what he wanted to say is, if my house would be as united as the devils were, nothing in your city would prevail. 
And I still believe that, that we need to have a spirit of unity, not just in our house, not just in our family, but in our house, our church, but not just our church, but in all the churches in our city. We need to see a spirit of unity where we can say, come on, there might be differences. But if Jesus Christ is Lord in your book, we can work together. Because I'm sure that there are some devils who go, I never vexed someone like that before, but I like your skills, bro. I do it this way. And so, yet they are united. And Jesus went on to say this. He said, who is powerful enough to enter the house of a strong man? In other words, a demon's territory inside a human being. Who is strong enough to plunder his goods? Only someone even stronger Someone who could tie him up and then plunder his house. I need to be your pastor right now and tell you, you ain't strong enough to ward off some of these demons. The Bible talks about people who thought, I'll just do it. I'll just, whenever it comes, I'll flippantly just do it. Some even started trying to use the name of Jesus without knowing Jesus personally. And the Bible said that son got his butt whooped. Seven sons. Seven brothers got their tail kicked in by one devil because they didn't know Jesus, but they threw out Jesus' name like, I'm a Christian too. And that's what I used to get scared of when I first gave my life to Jesus, that for 20 years of my life, I told people I'm a Christian. I thought I was a Christian, but I had no power as a Christian because my Christianity meant I align with Jesus. I just don't do anything he says that I don't feel like doing. I just really mean that sometimes I go to church, and if I wear a religious symbol, it'll be a cross. That's what I meant for 20 years. And I gave Satan tons of access to taunt with my life. This wasn't the only time that Jesus used a house as a metaphor for a human being when it came to demons. He said this, when an evil spirit leaves a person, it travels through the desert looking for a home to rest in, looking for a place to to rest and when the demon doesn't find a place it says I'll go back to the home that I once left when it gets there and it finds the place empty clean and neat tell your neighbor don't leave your house empty when it finds your house empty it goes off and finds seven other evil spirits even worse than itself and they all come back and make their home there your life cannot be empty. It needs to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, the very presence that is the strong man who cast out all demons. Let me illustrate real quick because I, I learn better by drawing. Is it working? Are we connected? I'm just making sure um, we are connected. And uh, tell me if we are not. We are. I think we are. Okay, so cool. Check this out. Um, of course, that now that we're connected, my... Um, pen would not be connected awesome i'll draw with my finger okay this is a human being you like my skills that man is a square <laughs> all right i love it okay for all of you who like cheesy jokes all right we need to be filled with the power of the holy spirit in our lives because in our world um, that we live in 
there are devils that try to taunt us. They try to get at us. They try to come from all angles. They attack our image. They attack our history. They attack our choices. They attack our kids. They attack our health. And they're coming at somebody. Now, when we give in to the, to, to the pestering, or we start lowering our guard to, maybe this isn't so bad. Maybe some of those things are old-fashioned. I'll just open up a place in my life that maybe I don't need to be so hardcore. Maybe I don't need to be so strong in my convictions of this area. Whatever that area may be, when we open up access, let me tell you two things happen. Number one, God will just vacate that space. He will not mix up with devils when we are giving them authority that was his in the first place. Our God is a gentleman and he gives you the right to decide who you let into the Lord of your life. And so when we do that, now all of a sudden we are opening up a place where demons can come. And it says that when they find this place empty, they go get seven others and they say, hey, bro. We found a house. Let's all shack up together. And this is what it begins to look like in our life. All because Bible's old-fashioned. I don't like that scripture. People who do that are holy rollers, right? But the Bible says that when we live, right, you can take that down. When we live a certain way, our lifestyle decides how much access we give on the inside to God or to devils. In fact, write this down. You decide who gets to reside inside. Write this down. You get to decide who resides inside. You are in control. This is one of the reasons with my little box man, my little square. This is why I, I, I don't have trouble not hating the box. I might hate the principalities or the powers inside the box. I might hate the sin or, 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 or the influence inside the box, but I don't hate the box. Because God made the box, and the box is the Lord's, and it was created in God's image. And I believe every single human being, every single box can be redeemed by God. He's in love with them. Can I get an amen? But some of us have allowed something inside the box that is not of God. And it wasn't how we were created. And so we want the Holy Spirit to fill you up. How do we do that? Well, praise the Lord. God gives us conquering weapons. Let's look at Ephesians as I begin to close up this message. Ephesians chapter 6 says this. And I want you to read this one out loud with me together, okay? So read this with me. Put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, after the battle, you will still be standing. Someone say, I'm still standing. Okay, some of y'all are feeling me. You know the song? Others left me hanging or repeated, I'm still standing. But that's okay. There's no hate. There's no hate. We want to still be standing. The Bible tells us to put on. Like you're putting on clothes. Put it on all of the armor. So what is the armor? It, it, it says one of the pieces is the belt of truth. Did you know, it's so funny. Um, I, I took some of our staff and some of our, our, our leadership on, on a conference. We were in South Carolina this past week just getting refreshed with thousands of other church leaders. And can I tell you that God's house is strong. 
The future of God's kingdom is so strong. They're so wise of leaders, smart leaders, uh, people who speak the language, people who are creative, people who know how to teach kids, people who know how to connect with the youth generation. I'm so, I'm so hopeful about the future of the church, and I want you to be too. And we were going. Now, we were driving home from South Carolina, and we pulled up to one gas station, and it had a sign in front of a, it was like a mom-and-pop type gas station with a lot of knickknacks. And one sign said, um, on the door, it said, uh, warning, if you don't know how to pull your pants up above your butt, then please stay out. Your business is not welcome. <laughs> and I thought, that's hilarious that... Somebody would go, somebody would create these signs. I just think some of the signs human beings make are just like a little ridiculous, okay? I get what you're trying to say. Um, if you can't pull your pants up, don't come in. Now, if I'm your pastor, let me pastor you for a moment. Some of us need to pull our spiritual pants up. <laughs> the belt of truth is what holds our pants up, which means... The truth is the word of God. There is no better truth than to understand the word that has not been contradicted, not been defeated. It has lasted. People have tried to burn it, make it go away, exterminate it, get rid of it. And yet still it is standing because there is a certainty about when we put the truth on ourselves that we live in right living so that we can go into any place, including that gas station, if we got the word of truth holding our pants up. John 8, 31 says this. If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples. And then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. There it is again. If you live poor lifestyle and sin, you give access to demons and devils, you literally become slave to them. Why can't I stop lusting? Why can't I stop being jealous? Why can't I control my tongue? Why can't I control my anger? Why can't? And listen, I don't want to give authority away when I'm human enough and I'm dealing with enough, right? I need to get more and more of the power of God to overcome any of these vile thoughts or uh, not correct thoughts and he says how am I going to do that by knowing the truth and the truth will set you free in other words I proudly hold the belt and, 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 and around my waist his his word is the difference between slavery or freedom so then my question is how much are you reading your word I want to encourage you get into it more this week just open up if you don't know where to start start in the book of john chapter one or, or actually i read out of mark today start in the book of mark chapter one any of the gospels is a great place to start if you need to get back into your word again come on I, that way we know when satan lies do you know he is the king of lies liars he lied to jesus he lied to adam and eve and he will lie to you and oftentimes his lies included an element of spiritual truth Eve, God didn't say that. He said, you can't do it that much. Said to Jesus, you could be the king of the whole world if you throw yourself off of a cliff and let me catch you. He had spiritual truths to it. He just lied by not telling you the whole truth. So you got to know the whole truth and it will set you free. You got to know the truth better than Satan knows the truth. Number two, the armor of righteousness. The band's going to come because it'll make me go faster and I'll close up a little bit quicker. Because I don't want to keep you too long. But the armor of righteousness. In other words, conviction. 
The only way that I can live right is to have proper convictions. How far is too far? How much is too much? When it comes to my kids, how much am I going to expose them to? And how much is too much? Come on. Uh, we, we got to realize that the, the demons will take every foothold you give them. You give them a little ground and they won't say, well, let's leave some margin. No, they'll take it all. Can I give you one example of how we keep backing, giving footholds in the media world to TV? Listen, I, I looked at this. In, in, in 1946, TV became common in every single house. In the 50s, they had debates when shooting Leave it to Beaver whether they could show a toilet on camera because they worried about a defiling nature of seeing a toilet. They had commonly married people sleeping in two different beds. I don't encourage married people to sleep in two different beds, but they had a sanctity about sex back then. A lot of that was blown open that in the 70s, they not only showed the first female belly button, but they showed the first male nudity scene followed by the first female nudity scene and the first F-bomb on TV all happened in the 70s. <laughs> what happened on their watch? In the 80s, the first time lingerie ads were ever introduced on TV. The 80s, did you know that it took that long? In the 90s, the first same-sex kiss, the first S-word. I thought that was hilarious. So you dropped the F-bomb in the 70s, but we held off on the S-word until the 90s. <laughs> okay. The first S-word, and then the floodgates of cursing were flown wide open by the likes of shows like South Park, who, had, who could give a rip about how often they used language and crossed every single board order possible in 2000s same-sex kissing was increased trans um, trans uh, 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 gender stars also non-binary gender people began to take prominent roles and the porn industry became a multi-billion dollar video industry if it wasn't already why would all this happen because second corinthians 4 4 says satan who is the god of this world Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. He takes every foothold he possibly can, and they are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. Can I say, when's the last time you turned a TV channel? Have you said, this show's okay to watch, and the Spirit of God said, we need to have enough convictions to turn this off? When's the last time we said, that's the last post I read by this influencer on social media. I don't need to fill myself with that, for I am going to have the armor of righteousness or convictions so that I don't just give free access to God. Whatever you put on social media, or enemy, whatever you put on social media, I'll read it and I'll laugh at it. Do we have convictions? I'll go quicker with these. Shoes of peace. Peace is like a new pair of shoes, bro. Come on, when you've got some peace in your life, you're like, come on. Why? Because you live lighter when you live writer. I made that one up, all right? I don't know if writers, writer is not the right word, but we're going with it today because it rhymes and it's powerful. When we have shoes of peace, we can walk up into the storms and just kind of go, you saw my fresh kicks, man? I am looking good. I know I look good today. 
I feel real good today. Okay, I don't know. That one got in my mind from a commercial. You know, he's strolling around on a bike. Any of y'all seen that commercial? I feel real good today. Okay? I don't think you need to look up that song. <laughs> Next week, we'll also talk about shoes of peace. Um, a shield of faith. Praying first. Do you know one time, I, I alluded to this, when we were in negotiations for Gander Mountain, one time, um, it just looked like the whole deal was done. It looked like it was falling apart. It looked like, man, we got our hopes up and it felt like everything fell through. But we were in the middle of 21 days of fasting. And while I went to bed in despair, thinking, I can't believe we got this far only for it to not work. The very next day, I woke up in 21 days of prayer to go to the prayer room with some of you um, who came out too. And the Lord just kind of said, I opened the door that no man can shut. And I started beginning to say, God, you are the one who finishes what you started. And we didn't start this. This was your idea. You made the phone call come through. You're going to make it work for our good. I trust you. It doesn't make sense right now. But what I was doing was I was holding up a shield of faith saying, come on, despair. Shoot your arrows at me. My faith is being restored right now. For I know the word of God and what he said and what he's going to do. And while I might not be able to see it, faith is the conviction of what we do not yet see. And so I'm holding up the faith saying, God, you already made a way even though I don't see the way. Come on. Some of us need to hold up the shield of faith over our marriage. Hold up the shield of faith over our kids. Hold up the shield of faith over your health. And you just start saying, God, you're going to repel every fiery arrow fired at me. Because I got a faith that makes me strong. He's my fortitude. He's my sanctuary, and I'm going to run into him. No matter the fear Satan threatens, my faith's shield is a mighty weapon. Okay, write that one down. No matter the fear Satan threatens, my faith's shield is a mighty weapon. Number, I don't know, five, helmet of salvation, the name of Jesus. Do you understand that demons cower at the name of Jesus? We got to get the name back into our lingo, get it back in our verbiage. Can you say the name of Jesus in a coffee shop? Can you say the name of Jesus when you invite a friend to church? Can you say the name of Jesus to someone who's hurting and needs prayer? Don't just pray that pretty prayer and go, oh, God, move. We know you will. Say in the name of Jesus because I don't care what is causing this. Demons tremble in the name of Jesus. In fact, the disciples, not Jesus, said when the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to Jesus, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. You and I are disciples of Jesus Christ, so it's time to use his name. Say, use his name. Someone say, Jesus. And finally, the sword of the Spirit. And we talked in the last series about the Spirit of God and how we need it. So check out that series that we need a strong man, stronger than us, to fill the inside of us so that we overcome every fiery dart of the enemy. If you would, just close your eyes right now as I pray over you. Father, you've given me authority as your ambassador to speak in your name and to see devils clear out to see plaguing spirits get off, to see binding spirits loosed. And so not by the power of my might, 
not by the power of my name, but by your spirit, I say in the name of Jesus Christ, let your people be free. No more enslavement, no more condemnation. I feel right now God is saying, some of you have heard condemning thoughts say over and over, plaguing you. You are this way, you will always be this way. And I come against it in the name of Jesus Christ. And I say, he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. You, my friend, will be free right now. Under the name and the banner of Jesus Christ, who's already won the victory and bought your freedom. Be free in Jesus' name. Every condemning thought, every binding, holding back, restraining, sucking the confidence out of people, demon, I say, no longer do you have authority for God's church is being unleashed. The church is not four walls and a building. The church is you and I. And so let the church be free, going with victory and power and strength to not only live free in their own lives, but to be contagiously free to the people that are all around them, on the ball field, where they live in their house, come on, in their extended family members, to the people they meet in coffee shops, let them be free. To make a difference in Jesus' name. If you're in this place right now and you know I'm not right with God, then I want you to get right with God. I fear for you trying to go through the complexities of life and all that life throws at you, not having a strong man on the inside who's already defeated everything the enemy could throw at you. My wife will repeatedly say as we go through difficult things or see what people go through in difficult times, she says, I don't know how people do it without Jesus. Can I tell you, I was there at 20 years old and I realized I am not strong enough to deal with everything life throws at me. I'm not smart enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not healthy enough. I'm not enough. And I'll try to live right. But I am not enough, and you know there's a sinking feeling I'm not enough. And here's why. Because you haven't surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. However, Jesus says that if you surrender your life to me, I will come in, and I will be the strong man that no devil will come against in the name of Jesus. Come on. When Jesus said, you are the son of God, he said, you are the rock. And on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against you. In other words, God wants to come in and strengthen you beyond the fortitude you've been able to muster up on your own. So if you're in this place, every head's bowed, every eye's closed, I'm not going to embarrass you or call you forward, but I am going to ask you to take a measure of faith that in just a moment, if you realize I am not right with God, and today is the day to let Jesus come into my heart, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand up, three, two, one, if that's you, come on, just raise your hand up high and say, that's me, include me in this prayer right now. I give my life to you, I'm giving authority to Jesus in my life right now, no matter where you are, in person. Or online, today is your day. Let him in. Let him in. You need him. You need him. God, I'm so grateful for everyone who's made a decision. So, Father, we give you our hearts. Come on, church. Repeat after me. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. I make you the Lord and Savior of my life. Be, an, be, our, be my conquering hero. I trust in you. And I thank you that you wash away my sins in the mighty name of Jesus. 
I, yeah, I make you my Lord, and I want to live for you all my days. In Jesus' name I pray, and the church said...